0: We really don't have a reaction. Uh, You you can't worry about what the other 31
1: teams are doing. Uh, That's out of our control. All we can do is control what we can control. And and right now it's getting the board set uh, the best we can so that we're prepared to pick when when we're on the clock. It's time to talk 49ers football on Gold Faithful with Brian Peacock and Nick Winkler.
0: Hey,
2: everybody. Thanks for joining us once again at Gold Faithful 49ers Radio Show. I'm Brian Peacock. Right
0: over there is Mr. Nick Winkler. How you doing, man? Oh, fantastic. The draft is coming. I mean, mini camps have already started. You know, this is is a great time to be a Niner fan. Oh, it's a great
2: time of year. You got baseball kicking up. You got... Football's happening. The draft is, like, my favorite thing that happens all year long. You got got, NBA
0: playoffs, NHL playoffs. Oh, yeah, this is fantastic. Not to mention you got huge news breaking just before we start this show with the Josh Norman stuff. I mean, this is – whoo. Speaking, Love
2: of, it. speaking of Sharks playoffs, we were going to have Jeff Deaney from Pro Football Focus on the show. He's actually at the Sharks playoff game tonight, so he couldn't join us. But I got some of his predictions via email. Uh, we also have some heavy hitters in the in the 49ers community. Uh, Mr. Matt Barrows from the SACB and David Ficillo from Niners Nation that are going to drop their predictions on us as well. Talk a little bit of NFL draft today.
0: Yeah, we're going to get deep in the draft with those guys talk uh, obviously about the the two huge trades that happened while we were away. Number 1 overall pick obviously Rams. They traded with Tennessee. Then the number 2 overall pick Eagles got it from Cleveland. So many picks traded back and forth in those it it just it just looks like it's kind of set up for both quarterbacks to be gone, don't you think? Yeah, it's definitely quarterback quarterback and it there's multiple things that jump out
2: here cuz first wow, we like Usually these trades happen, especially the number two trade. That's yeah. that's a draft day trade usually. So, it seems insane and borderline asinine to be trading and giving up that much to go up and not know who the guy you're right. going to take is. They must just have them graded equally, right? Like, oh, we'll take either guy. We're fine. We're fine. That's insane. That's crazy. I can't believe that they would. All, everybody in the draft room would be like, yeah, we like both guys. Yeah, let's go have lunch. <laughs> that's that's, <laughs> that's wacky, you know. Um, and I was – sorry, I'm getting over a cough here. I was kind of excited. Like, once the Rams trade happened, I was thinking, you know what? Because I'm usually a trade-down guy more so than a trade-up guy. Right. And I was thinking, you know what? How cool it would be if the 49ers traded up then to number 2 and it was division rivals, quarterbacks, 1-2. And that was if the Rams take Wentz. Of course, I'm a golf guy. So if the Rams took Wentz, I'd be. I was like, you know, I could be talked into the 49ers giving up some stuff to go up to number two. Take golf, stick it to the Rams. That'd be something you would just talk about for years and years. And they're already going to be talking about this for a long time. Uh, but just the added division rivalry, and it would have been really cool. But with what the Eagles gave up, it's like, yeah, you know, you start dipping into future firsts, and I'm, I'm kind of out on that
0: first and seconds i mean you're giving up yeah a first round pick this year third round pick fourth round pick and then next year a first round pick and then in 2018 a second round pick like this is gonna last for quite some time this is gonna hurt the eagles so they better hope that whoever falls to them at number two is the guy and maybe they know each other
2: and there's some phone calls behind the scenes where they're like hey i'm taking this guy okay we're gonna go get this guy um and maybe the rams are saying hey We'll tell you if you trade up so the Niners don't get the other quarterback, right? So maybe there's a little bit of that shenanigans going on. But here's the thing with the 2018 pick. Howie Roseman won't have a job if this quarterback fails right. by 2018. So yeah. he's giving away a pick that it's either going to be who cares because we have our franchise quarterback or that's not my pick anymore anyway.
0: Yeah, that's a good call. And, and you know, we we mentioned all these picks and uh, what the Eagles also get Cleveland's fourth round pick as well as uh, next season. Uh, But that wasn't even the biggest trade. I mean, the Rams, of course, traded with Tennessee. They gave up so much. They gave up two first rounds, two second rounds, and two third-round picks. Like, it's it's insanity. It's nuts. And, (laughs) yeah,
2: it's it's funny how the media was all about Carson Wentz for so long. Every mock draft had Carson Wentz going number two. So you thought, okay, Rams are trading up because they see Carson Wentz in the mock drafts. They're going up for Wentz. And now all of a sudden – Today and yesterday, every single person is parroting that it's Goff number one and Wentz number two. So I don't know, you know, somebody must know something for everybody to be on the same wagon.
0: Here's what's a trip, too, is the Titans. I mean, what a great move by them. They have six picks in the top 76 picks this year. 15, 33, 43, 45, 64, and 76. And they have two firsts. And two-thirds next year.
2: Yeah, the the Titans are a clear winner. They have their franchise quarterback, right. who I like a lot. M- Mariota looks really good, and I think he's going to have a great career. And now they can just, I mean, the Titan, look out for the Titans because they are really set up. Um, and it, it, it seems like John Robinson has his head screwed on right, and, they, and he kind of knows what he's doing captaining that ship. So Titans could
0: be uh, a force to be reckoned with for years to come for sure. Well, and that's a ton of ammo too. If they want to trade back into the first round, you know, if they if they really want to want to get in there, I mean, they still have the first round fifteen. You know, maybe they want to get in there again. Maybe they maybe they like someone even closer. You know, maybe they like somebody that's that's in the top ten. Maybe they they're looking offensive lineman and Tunsil starts to fall, and then they say, oh well, let's move back in there. Let's you know, we we got all of this. We only give up a little bit of that and actually get the guy that we wanted in the first place. Right. And what's crazy is they could actually trade back up, collect. A
2: ton of picks still, and get the guy they were going to take yeah. anyways at number one. I mean, that's yeah. that's an ultimate win right
0: there. It could be, it could look like a uh, move of the century. You know, it could it could look like maybe one of the the best draft pick trades that, that we've ever seen. I mean, it's already one of the biggest. You know, so, and if it works out well for both teams too, well,
2: bravo. Right, and well, it's funny because the Rams were on the other side of it with with the trade, the RG three trade with the Redskins. Right, you would think that was a big win for the Rams, but they're still not right. winning. What have they done? Yeah. So yeah. they, they realize, Hey, we still need a quarterback. <laughs> so they have to hit on the quarterback um, or else. I mean, it, either one of these teams, if they don't hit on that quarterback and history tells us it's a 50, 50 proposition, a coin flip. So one of these teams right. is going to be hurting in a couple of years. The other team's probably going to be fine with, 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 what they gave up.
0: Well, and the Rams too, if they had gone the RG three route, I mean, they wouldn't be in, in a better spot than they are right now. So right. for them, it was a lose, lose. It looks like, I mean, they they still got some good talent from that pick, but Yeah, you you either have a quarterback in this league and you're good or or you don't and you're looking for one.
2: That's exactly what Eagles GM, Howie or vice president of whatever his title is, uh, Howie Roseman said, he said, you look at teams, you either have a QB or you don't. And I I mean, I I agree with that. Yeah. And if you could guarantee me that golfer Wentz was going to hit, I would have been fine with the 49ers giving
0: up. Picks like sure. that, you know. Sure, no doubt. Um, and the, but that's just it. You can't. And so I'm I'm glad that the Niners didn't. I'm glad that they're stand pat. I, I would probably be okay if they traded down too. You know, I mean, bulky's made it work in the past and you know, he's missed as well in the past. It's it's to the point now where I, I have no idea what they're gonna do. I have no idea what he's gonna do. I, I I'm excited just to see. You know, if I, am I gonna be booing? Probably not because who knows? Who knows if they if they give up that pick and they drop down if if they're doing that so that they can trade back up to to get a quarterback later in the first rounder or, or get somebody that that they think's worth a, a twenty or a twenty first or something like that. I mean, if they can get more picks, but see, I say that and then do they need more picks? I mean, they've already got twelve draft
2: picks this season. Right. And twelve guys can't make the roster, right? I mean, especially when right. they're all sixth rounders. So, but yeah. and I mean, we're going to talk more about this and who I think they're going to take and what they should do. Uh, a little bit later, but yeah, it it could really go any way. Yeah. But so, what's, they're in a great spot at number seven. A good player should be there, so right. that's valuable to either them or to somebody else. So who knows? But I just to to tie a bow on this first pick, um, Les Snead did have a quote, and I have the audio from it, and he talks about what the Rams were looking for at this pick. And when I hear this quote, it makes me think one quarterback versus the other.
0: When you go pick someone number one. Your de- Ceiling's important. Now, I do think when you pick some number one, floor's important too. There, there shouldn't be a low floor. But, yes, ceiling, because when you pick number one, I think philosophically, you're not necessarily picking for the, uh, what Coach Fisher pencils in for opening day. It's really what he pencils in you know, for the next decade or so. To make a deal like this, you've got a good idea of what's going to be in and around one. Yes, we'll spend, you know, we'll spend five, 5% trying to figure out you know, that pick. But I think we got a lot of the hay in the barn on that one. We do have a few players in mind. There will be suspense leading all the way up.
2: So that was less than the GM of the Rams. To me, that screams Carson Wentz because he's the upside guy. Yeah. Right? So yeah, I yeah, don't yeah. know if this is really done. Every mock right now and everybody in the media seems to be pointing at golf number one. And, and everyone's saying that the Eagles traded up because they thought golf was one and they wanted Wentz at two and Wentz was their guy but obviously the Eagles have to be okay with both guys because when I hear that clip, I, that screams that it's Wentz number one to me.
0: Yeah. When I heard him say, we got a lot of hay in the barn, you know, I was like, Wentz. Yeah. I was like, (laughs) I don't know what that means. If I was a cow, I'd be hungry. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. I, I can't imagine that, that they haven't spoken with Philadelphia. You mentioned it earlier. Like maybe they're, they're, you know, there was a phone call. We're like, "This is our guy," you know, blah blah blah. We'll we'll let you know, and that's why the Eagles are like, "Okay, yeah, the guy we want is going to be there too." So so we'll go do it. Yeah,
2: and it, it just added so much fuel. And it. it's it's draft day is going to be was fun already, but uh, I know this now is going to be like, even more interesting. Just I mean, uh, number three could be traded. Number four could be traded sure. still. So I mean, I mean, when are we going to get a pick that's not traded?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, you know, well, well, imagine if one of one of maybe the Eagles don't go after a quarterback. I mean, I've I've heard some rumblings (laughs) about that as well. I mean, I I can't imagine that they'd give up that much for an offensive lineman or, you know, a defensive end or something. But yeah,
2: well, here's the other reason you don't trade up this early. What if one of them's arrested or in a car? Right. There's still eight days before the draft. So, yeah, um, that's. Could you imagine? I mean, yeah, it's that's why it's crazy. Not to wait, see who the Rams take, then Eagles. You know, you have a deal in place, say, hey, if this guy's there, we're going to make this trade.
0: Yeah. Um, Oh, man. So Uh, it's going to be very Yeah. Before we we talk about anything else, dude, I'm just head over heels in love with Josh Norman. So this is, to me, so exciting. I can't wait any longer into the show to talk about this. Of course, Panthers rescinded their non-exclusive franchise tag, which made him an unrestricted free agent. Apparently, they were having some trouble uh, reaching a long-term deal and just thought, okay, this is never where we're going to be. I Reportedly, they were offering 11 in the long-term deal, an average or so, and he was looking for 15. I mean, this guy did not sign a 13.9 million dollar franchise tag and then got released. I mean, do you think there's more to it? I mean, you think it, talking about a you know getting arrested or, or a failed drug test or a DUI or some sort of um, some sort of domestic violence thing or something? I don't want to you know. Put this out there and start bad rumors. But do you think that the Panthers know something we don't know? I have no idea from the Panthers' side why this works in their favor.
2: I've never heard of anything right. like this. And maybe when how, uh, how does this help you at all? It yeah, it, I can't see how it does because this you were a, in the Super Bowl last year. It makes no sense to me. And it, unless somehow he portrayed himself as becoming a problem, I haven't heard of him being a problem before this. Right. Um, I mean, he was a problem for Odell Beckham, and they got into scrap on the field, but you kind of like that, right? If you're Yeah, the of course. So that's
0: much different than being a, a bad locker room guy. Yeah, I've never heard any off field stuff unless
2: that comes up. But so I'm, we'll ask Matt Barrows about that a little bit later. Maybe he's plugged into to some reason why that would happen. But I don't see it from the Panthers' side at all. And then once the news came down, of course, 49ers fans are going to get excited because Jim right. Schefter pops up on Twitter and says, Quote, playing in California appeals to Josh norman. forty ers have loads of cap room
0: just saying, yeah, and he, he's right. They have fifty two point six million dollars in cap space. like that's that's ridiculous. Go sign somebody for <laughs> I almost cursed really, really bad it's there all right, you can curse. I get passionate about it. <laughs> I mean, when they started free agency, they had sixty million in cap space. and now it's fifty two point six. like what what have they done? I know yeah. that Thad Lewis signing was really sexy. Yeah, and, and what Beatles as well is that, is that his name? The the, Zane the lineman? Beatles, Yeah. 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 It's I mean not... those are some awesome moves, but come on, make a splash, Balky. Let's go. Well, hey, all of Thad Lewis's
2: money was up front, so
0: Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> That's good. That's good. He's gonna look great on the practice squad.
2: <laughs> no, yeah, and well here's the thing with cause he's twenty eight, gonna be twenty nine years old, right? Josh Norman is and so you think, well, maybe if, if the 49ers are sort of in a rebuild, maybe that doesn't make sense. Uh, Balky's never really been a guy to give out uh, big money to big name free agents. So, from that aspect, it doesn't make a lot of sense. But at the same time, you've got to spend the money. I mean, all it is is going to be unused cap space at some point. So, right. why not bring in a great player and use the cap space that you have? Because it's not going to do you any good to just sit there with 50 million extra dollars.
0: Right. And the 49ers got great on defense. You know, they they started with with a great defense and and built and then the offense came along and and this is the kind of guy that 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 I mean yeah you mentioned he, he's 28 he's going to be 29 you know he, he but maybe maybe he's exactly what they need maybe he's that that veteran guy that comes in there and just gets everybody to play the next level you know maybe he 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 is a Pro Bowler he is a legitimate player and, and if you're going to throw a bunch of money around that's the the kind of guy Bulky wants to do it with so this this to me. Makes perfect sense to go to go sign a guy to to a, to a big deal. You know, you got to spend that money at some point. But why not now? Why yeah. not? Why not with this guy? And I agree that the type
2: of player, I would rather spend the most money on the best player than a whole bunch of money on yeah. the player at the next level. Than you
0: know, that's on the the second tier free agent, right? I mean, I, this is a guy that that most people have as a at the very least a top three cornerback, maybe the top cornerback in the NFL. This is the kind of person you throw money at. I think he's a perfect fit. From I mean, and they
2: were kicking around the idea of, and they, if I'm not mistaken, they sent offers to Sean Smith, who's right. of similar age and a really good cornerback. Not as big of a deal, obviously, as they would have to give Josh Norman. But it's not like they weren't dipping their toe in the the veteran cornerback market. And with the young roster and especially the young defensive backs and corners that they have, I think a veteran makes the most sense. Otherwise, just let the young guys figure
0: it out. This to me kind of reminds me a little bit of like doing a, a fantasy draft, but with with an auction. You know, you just miss out on all the big guys early because you don't want to overspend. Don't want to overspend, and all of a sudden, you know, everyone else has spent all their money. You still have it all, and then a top guy gets thrown in there. Like that never happens in those draft yeah. auctions. And like, you wish you oh, would this guy. Yeah, it's happening right now for the forty nine ers. They need to, to to jump on this.
2: Yeah, I like that. That's exactly what's happening right now.
0: Yeah, th- 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 let's do it. Make it happen,
2: Balky. Come on. It makes too much sense, and, and too many people are talking about it, so that can, yeah. it just can't happen now.
0: You're right. That's
2: that's the way it goes. <laughs> uh, there's no 49ers news. The cap trade still off. Yeah, who knows? Broncos. I mean, it's, hey, Broncos, it ain't easy finding a quarterback, is it? Uh, I don't know but, what they're doing right now. I can't think of, is this the yeah. worst QB situation ever for a team coming off a of Super Bowl? It's
0: got to be, right? I mean, even well, no, I guess when when uh, John Elway first walked away after winning a Super Bowl, I mean, after who the second? Who, yes, was, was it Kubiak who jumped in there? Was that? Ah, uh, yeah, it might have been Kubiak. I mean, that, that's not great. No, <laughs> let's
2: be honest. Uh, that, that is that was no uh, even Kubiak's like, hey, I don't want another Kubiak situation over
0: here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, they're they're in some trouble if they don't. Uh, I mean, yeah, Brian Hoyer apparently reportedly headed there to. Uh, to talk with them. He was of course uh, released or, or at least talked about being released from the Texans. Um, but yeah, I mean, Cap's just owed too much money, right? I mean, what I read was that the Broncos have nine million or something in cap space and and, and cap or and Kaepernick has owed what close to fourteen or fifteen something against the Cap. It's something like that. The numbers have changed. I mean they got
2: rid of Clady, so I think that cleared some stuff up. So I don't know if that makes it easier for this kind of a thing to go
0: down. But it looks like this will be a draft day trade if it, if it is a trade at all. Right. Right. And, you know, I, I'd love to see Kaepernick in a 49ers uniform next year. And, you know, with this nonsense that continues to, to play out like this I, every day for me, it feels like, you know, obviously it's getting closer and closer to, to that happening to him, to him staying uh, in, in the scarlet and gold. Well, it's about that time. We've got our guest on the line. We need to get a
2: a, a sponsor. Right. Yeah. really uh, This would be the um, I don't know. Our guest, brought to you by blah blah blah. Yeah, exactly. The Pearl Jam guest line. Right?
0: <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> was that
2: was that your uh, even flow? Is that? No, That's alive. Uh, alive! That's what it is. Okay, sorry. Let me brush up on my old '90s Pearl Jam. There you go. Just bust out ten. You'll be happy. Oh, I wore that album out when I was a teenager for sure. Okay, we are here with David Fuchillo. You know him from Niners Nation and also SB Nation. Every 49ers fan is already following him at Niners Nation on the Twitter. David, how you doing man? Thanks for coming on.
3: Doing pretty good, doing pretty good, you know. All the uh, the Josh Mormon rumors are officially underway. <laughs> yeah, that's that
2: was all that was a nice little uh, I see usually all this news happens after we do our podcast. Right. So I'm really excited that, you know, the big trade happened and uh, both big trades happened and then the Norman news and uh, a little bulky presser. So it was nice that all of that went down for us today
3: yeah no exactly definitely makes it makes it easier for you guys
2: (laughs) (laughs) so let's start right there with josh norman um come on there's no chance right that that the 49ers are involved (laughs) in this because it's just not bulky's mo he's kind of he's a 29 year old veteran and i mean who knows how soon the 49ers is going to be good
3: well i mean you know the the report is just that they they contacted him so i you know they're they're doing due diligence and you know Maybe, you know, they want to see, you know, can we get them on a three or four year deal as opposed to a five or six year deal? And, I you know, I don't I don't blame them for, you know, for calling. And, you know, it's kind of like we hear all, you know, rumors get get passed along all the time. But you kind of have to, to look at the wording of them.
2: There was the big Schefter tweet, which is, is the thing that really sets it off for me, too. Because that was the first thing it was like, oh, Norman's a free agent. That's weird. First thing was Adam Schefter saying, hey, Niners have cap space. Norman wants to go to California and he just connected those dots for all the fans so that I'm sure that uh 49ers brass if they don't land they're going to be really happy about that extra added uh, buzz <laughs> going around.
3: Exactly. People are going to, you know, people will complain no matter what, even you know whether it's a good <laughs> idea or a bad idea or anything.
2: I mean, I will say they were in, involved with Sean Smith somewhat. So and he's 28 years old. So they obviously were in need of and contacting uh, high-priced cornerbacks.
3: Yeah, I mean there were you know there were the rumors they were talking to to Sean Smith. Uh, there were there were a couple other random you know lower level cornerbacks that we've been talking to. So you know yeah I mean it's it's certainly an area where there there is a potential need. I it, it's hard to tell just it depends on you know what they think of Kenneth Acker, Keith Reeser, Dante Johnson. You know a lot of those young guys. It's we you know it sounds like they're you know that they're definitely looking for an upgrade, but. You know, are they, are they going to try and get Jalen Ramsey on, you know, in the draft? You know, are they going to wait a couple rounds? You know, what are they going
0: to do? Right. You know, you, you mentioned the, the young guys. And when, when you, you hear bulky, the 49ers didn't do anything in free agency. You know, they went in with just over $60 million in space. They've got over 52 now. And, and bulky's whole excuse was, oh, you know, 90% of these guys haven't made any Pro Bowls. Well, okay, now put your money where your mouth is, right? I mean, as a 49er fan, th- this is exactly the kind of guy that we
3: need. Well, you know, I mean, that's that's up to serious debate. I mean, he's coming off a great year, obviously, but it's it's basically his only good year. Um, it's his only great year, sorry. Um, I know uh, people point, you know, his pro football focus numbers are, are not particularly great in terms of grading, however you want to take that. But also, he's 28, he's going to turn 29 this year. So, you know, if, if you look at the 49ers as potentially entering a rebuilding process that's going to take a couple of years, I mean, do you want to waste a couple of years of him in that regard, or, you know, again, there, there's the chance to upgrade, but I don't know, considering the entire context, I, I you know, is it really worth spending $16 million a year for, especially for a guy that may want a five or six year deal and what is probably his last chance.
0: Right. You mentioned, uh, you know, bringing in a guy like that, 28, 29 years old and, and the 49ers have a bunch of young cornerbacks on their team. And isn't that what you want? You want to bring in the, the veteran who has had a, a great year, a lot of good years. Bring him in there and have him kind of teach these young guys the ropes, right? You got to start on defense, build that foundation.
3: Yeah, you know, I mean that that is true. But again, I there's a re, you know I don't I don't know why exactly, but the, the the fact that the Panthers let him go for nothing, you know, they could right they weren't able to do anything is, is certainly suspicious. And so I don't think it's just cut, you know, I don't think it's a cut and dry. Well, you know, you are you know, you've got all this cap space, you offer as much as you need to, and you sign him Just again, I I don't know. There's something. Fishy about it.
2: Hey. So while we're talking about uh, players on other teams, what do you think about this this Muhammad Wilkerson thing with the, maybe a possible trade up or just him being possibly available? Would you put that at, at sort of a, a more likely scenario or a less likely scenario?
3: Well, I, I would say it's probably more likely than Josh Norman, but um, you know, I it's I don't know. That's you know, I, I do think that they need to upgrade on the defensive line personally. I would rather upgrade with a guy like DeForest Buckner where yes, Wilkerson is more proven clearly, but getting that younger guy that's just coming out of college is still you know, it's still pretty young. I think there's a lot there's a lot you can look at there where it's like, hey, maybe you know, why not you know, if if you are again, this is if you're looking at this as a rebuilding process, do you bring in the veteran or do you bring, you know do you try and go for that younger talent that's going to build and yes you, you do need some veterans in there but i think a lot of it really depends on you know how you look at the uh you know how you look at the process that the 49ers are going through right now
2: right what stage of, of rebuild that they're in and you want to get better right and, and so it's either play the young guys it it's, it doesn't help necessarily bringing in um like you know we're talking about Josh Norman it doesn't help bringing in a late round cornerback to battle with all the other late round quarterbacks that they already have so right. so that would make sense but they kind of already have starters at both right and left defensive ends um and uh, Quentin Dial might be a, you know maybe a dirty starter he's not a, a superstar player but i think they kind of like what they have there so i i don't i would be a little bit more surprised actually if they if they really wanted to spend a lot on it, Muhammad Wilkerson and maybe and i think Buckner is obviously worth the 7th pick in the draft but i think they'd rather have uh, maybe a couple other players fall instead of Buckner.
3: Yeah, you know, I mean, there there are other areas of need. You know, you need a long term option next to Morrow Bowman. Um, you potentially need another offensive tackle out there. Um, yeah, there there are certainly a lot of things that you could you know that you can do with that pick. Uh, I think. Yeah, you know, even though you've got Eric Armstead and Quinton Dial on both ends there, you have to remember that the, you know that they're playing on a defense that is opposite the Chip Kelly offense, which means there's going to be a ton of rotation, and I think. Even you know using the seventh pick on say DeForest Buckner, I still think you're going to get a lot of work out of it out of him. Even you know even with these other two guys on the roster.
0: David, you know we uh, we mentioned the big uh, trades, the number one and the number two. Obviously, uh, it looks like both teams are going to go quarterbacks. You wrote an article today on NinersNation.com. You were saying you don't believe that the Eagles moving up to that two spots going to affect the uh, the 49ers decision. Uh, whether they keep Kaepernick or not, because you don't believe the team's going to take a quarterback in the first round with the exception of possibly moving into the, the back end of the first round. If, if that scenario does play out, who do you think the 49ers would be eyeing?
3: Well, if they, if they went into the back end of the second round, uh, it seems like, you know, the, all the rumors about their interest in Connor Cook might prove true. Um, that's, that's the one guy that they've been connected to pretty frequently. And, you know, on the one hand, Balky likes to kind of hold his cards close to his vest. But on the other hand, last year people were projecting Eric Armstead shortly before the draft and that ended up happening. So, you know, I, I'm I'm still a little skeptical just because you never know with Balky. And so, you know, maybe they wait and get like a Dak Prescott or a Kevin Hogan or or, you know, maybe they, they think that Vernon Adams can be their Russell Wilson. I don't know. But um because <laughs> I think Paxton Lynch potentially would already you know, is a guy that seems to be moving up draft boards and I don't know I don't know that they would be able to get you know if if he was the guy they wanted I don't know you know it might involve a move back as opposed to a move back in the first round as opposed to a move up from the second round
0: So how about this Dave just can you look in your crystal ball make a prediction who are the 49ers drafting at quarterback this year
3: oh, man. I know right <laughs> <laughs> It's just I I I remain skeptical but I you know I'm I'm going to go with Connor Cook For whatever I just, you know, after after went with Armstead last year, like people were saying, I will go with Cook. I, you know, I I still think there's a chance that it's kind of a false flag, and that maybe, you know, my second, I guess my backup would probably be Dak Prescott. But I, you know, I just something about Cook just seems it seems possible.
2: I totally agree. That's sort of that's where everything's pointing, and and. And I don't know if, if it's just a well placed sort of a smoke screen like it could be this time of year, but uh, Connor Cook just seems like he's going to be the guy that could be there. And also, you know, it just all the smoke, all the things surrounding it. And it just, it's it fits. And, it, and I don't necessarily love it, it doesn't feel right. But if I had to put my money on, on a quarterback, Cook would be the guy. Most likely going to be there in the second round. Lynch is going to be gone. So you have to there's movement for Lynch. Cook is the guy, the best guy that you don't have to move around for at this point.
3: Yeah, I think if you're if you're you know, if we were setting odds for this, he would definitely be I think he would be the favorite at this point.
2: If that's the quarterback and that's the second round, how do you see this first round playing out? Obviously the quarterbacks are off the board there at one and two. Then you have a couple of offensive tackles and four elite defenders. I mean, that's pretty much how everyone has it stacked up. Uh how do you see that and how do you see it playing out at number seven?
3: Well I mean like my choice would be to force Buckner just I, I feel like adding significant depth in, in, in to the defense would be would be great. Uh, Miles Jack is the big question mark. Um, you know at this point if I had to guess I would say Buckner goes in the top 6 and Jack slips just because you know there there are people talking about this knee issue and maybe maybe that will be a thing and if and if he's there then I think I I will go Buckner or Jack and then, you know, if I were to, if we were going to, you know, rank choice ballot here, uh, Buckner, Jack, and then Stanley. Do
2: you see Joey Bosa as a fit?
3: Um, I I think that, he, yeah, I think he, he, I think he can be a fit. Um, I don't think the 49ers are the best fit for him, but I think they, they can make that work. Um, If you look at his size, there were, there were some interesting comparisons to uh, Justin Smith coming out of college and obviously that was a long time ago and much has changed and, and. Justin Smith got bigger, right. um, but the thing with with Bose is, you know, he's a guy that potentially, you know, he's already, I think he weighed in at 269 at the combine, but he played in the high 270s at Ohio State, and so I don't think putting on weight is a big issue, so you could potentially move, eventually move him to a defensive end position, but, uh, you know, I think he can make it work. It's not, like I said, it's not the ideal situation, but it's, it's doable.
2: So, we've got the first round figured out. We... You talked about the second round a little bit. Is there anybody a little bit later in the draft, third third round, maybe maybe day three, that you could peg as a 49er?
3: I mean, we can always go with the with the, the popular choice of Vernon Adams. I think 49ers fans would, would lose their mind if uh, the 49ers ended up getting him just because he's that guy that every year there's somebody that just kind of people become attached to as as the guys that the 49ers need to draft. And so I think that's the guy that people kind of really want to see happen. I remember, uh, you know, like when they drafted Marcus Lattimore a few years back, you know, it was the same thing where it was a guy that was like, you know, maybe Balfi will, you know, pull the trigger and he ended up doing it. So, there, you know, I, I don't, there's a very good chance this team comes out of the draft with more than one quarterback. Yeah,
2: I could see that too. A couple projects maybe in, you have to have at least one body there, and if you trade Kaepernick, you've got to either bring in another veteran or draft two guys, right? Because it's just a numbers game. you got to have at least three, you've got to have four camp arms.
3: Yeah, exactly. And so, and I I, I will, until Friday gets here, because I've, I've said repeatedly, I think that they're going to trade him during the draft, um, so I'm kind of willing to wait and see what happens with that. Um, if, you know, if by the end of the draft they haven't traded him, that certainly changes things up a bit. But yeah I think uh, i I think you know they're definitely gonna draft one quarterback. i there's a very good chance they they use one of them because you know look, they've got four six round picks and three fifth round picks they they've got some options,
2: <laughs> yeah, they definitely have a lot of picks to work with. so the other side of the coin, uh are there any players you would hope the forty ers stay away from uh, maybe because of fit or just the players you don't like or character or uh, any scenarios you really don't like playing out for for the forty ers on draft day?
3: uh, you know, i don't i mean. You've got your, you know, your Noah Spence and uh, Emmanuel Oakwen. There's, there's a lot of guys where there's these names that people, you know, that have certain flags, whether it be the marijuana issue with Noah Spence or you know, developmental issues or whatever. But I don't really, I don't really worry about it too much. I mean, there's no, but there aren't, you know, there, there's like Sean Oakman from Baylor, who was a guy that a lot of people thought was going to be, you know, a, a strong option in the draft you know heading into this season and then i just saw it's all falling apart so that you know i think the blatantly obvious this guy might go to jail type of guy <laughs> yeah.
2: The, yeah they're lucky if they get drafted at all types
3: yeah exactly but i mean for the most part i don't really i don't really concern myself too much with that just because you know navarro bowman had red flags coming out of coming out of uh college terrell Brown had red flags coming out of college so you know i I'm not one to put too much into it, you know, when it's not something, you know, very clear cut, like it, when it's not a clear cut problem.
2: Right. And I, I have a feeling that Balky cares a little bit less than some GMs about the, the character stuff, but it's kind of bit him now. And it's it's really on the forefront and, and fans and media will really get after him for it. Um, and I think that's probably affects him more than than him just being like, yeah, I don't want this guy on the team because I really think he wants talent more than anything else. And and from what I've known about uh, Chip Kelly, and we'll see how that plays out is he really likes the super squeaky clean character guys as well.
3: Yeah, that's going to be interesting to see because, you know, obviously Trump is the guy doing drafting, you know, Chip's going to have his influence to some, to some degree, but how much exactly we don't really know. And so it's going to be interesting to see, well, do the 49 keep it, you know, pretty squeaky clean or not.
2: There he is, David Ficillo. You can find him at NinersNation on Twitter, NinersNation.com. Fuch, it's always great to talk to you. Thanks for coming on with us, man. Yeah, my
3: pleasure. Thanks a lot. Well,
2: I'll tell you who doesn't have bad character. That is Mr. David Ficillo. Always a pleasure to talk to him. Just back to back, we have another guest on the line. You ready to talk to Matt Barrows? Well, yeah, and I'd draft both of these guys. I'd draft Fucillo.
0: I'd draft Barrows. They're, they're definitely uh, they're on my radar right Here's now. Here's the things. You're probably going to have to trade up to get them. <laughs> that's true. I don't know how many draft picks I can give up. <laughs> oh, look at that. Oh, that's getting me pumped up. He's the beat writer. 49ers for the Sacramento Bee. Follow him on Twitter. At Matt Barrows. He's a Pearl Jam fan at, as well. Matt, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Very strong intro. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well done, Peacock. It's at least well he could do. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> so, hey, Matt, you wrote an article today on SACB. It's about Balky. You know, he was talking Kaepernick, saying he wouldn't say that he won't trade Kaepernick or, well, basically he wouldn't trade any player or that he he wouldn't rule out trading any player on his roster. With with Cap's big salary and and even just Brian Hoyer going to visit Denver. What do you think the odds are now of that trade actually happening?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think it's been going down uh, in recent weeks just because uh, all three sides seem so far apart. Uh, But uh, at the end of the day, you look at Denver's roster, and they still only have Trevor Simeon and and Mark Sanchez. So they, they still need a quarterback. And um, it, it may come down to what happens in the first round. I think uh, Denver is very much in the market for a quarterback. Obviously, it's going to be, um, you know, a uh, the, the top uh, five guy, maybe, um, you know, Dak Prescott, or uh, I, I don't know if Paxton Lynch makes it all the way down to 31. But it gets very interesting because. Um, all of a sudden you've got a, a, um, a Cleveland Browns team, for example, that everybody thought was going to take a quarterback that definitely needs a quarterback, but um, probably isn't going to get one now with their very first overall pick. But they're still within striking distance of moving back into the first round and taking a quarterback, whether it's, it's Lynch that I mentioned before, or Connor Cook, uh, and the 49ers are in the same category, I think. Um, maybe taking a different position with the seventh overall pick, but with their um, second pick. Now, whether that's in the first, uh, first round or the second round, I don't know. But my point is that um, some of these teams now can leapfrog the, uh, the Denver Broncos and, and get those last few um, really good quarterbacks. And, and that, I think, would put Denver in, in I don't want to say a, a huge bind, but certainly more of a bind than they are now, and maybe that uh, triggers a uh, you know a day-two trade or an after-the-draft type of trade. Maybe they're more willing, more acquiescent to uh, take on Kaepernick at that point. Um, basically what I'm saying is uh, let, let's wait until the draft comes and goes and see where the Broncos are at that position.
0: And, you know, last time we had you on, uh, it was shortly after free agency had started. The 49ers hadn't done anything. They still haven't done anything over $52 million in cap space. Big move today. Josh Norman, Panthers, rescinded that non-exclusive franchise tag. He's an unrestricted free agent. What, what do you think the chances are that he comes to San Francisco?
1: I mean, it, it makes total sense. It's, it's an area of need for the 49ers. He, he's on the record as saying he loves it out in California. He enjoyed his experience in the Bay Area for the Super Bowl week. Um, and the 49ers, as you noted, have uh, scads of, of salary cap space. Um, the, the The flip side of that is there, there's a reason why they've got so much salary cap space. They're not spending a lot of money. They seem very loath to do any sort of um, uh, big money deals. and uh, you know the fact that uh, the Panthers couldn't get anything done with with Norman uh, and then released him from the franchise tag yeah, that that you know sends up uh, a, a bit of uh, a red flag. you know it, it gets the uh, antenna. Uh, twitching a little bit. Why, why is that? Um, and I don't know whether there's you know, character issues or personality issues or demands that are just unreasonable, and that's why the Panthers did that. Um, but uh, you know, if, if that was the case, if, if that were to be the backdrop of all this, you know, I think the 49ers would be, as, as they always are, hesitant to, uh, to sign him to a, a big-money deal. Um, You know, he obviously is looking for uh, a lot of guaranteed money. The 49ers don't pay a lot of guaranteed money. Just ask Colin Kaepernick. Just ask uh, Navarro Bowman or Anthony Davis, uh, guys who have done uh, quote-unquote big deals with this team recently. They they mostly are a uh, kind of pay-as-you-go team. And so uh, unless uh, Josh Norman is going to, you know, be party to, to that, he and his agent, um, you know, I, I think it'll be like the rest of free agency. The, the 49ers could, could sign him, but they uh, probably will be uh, outbid by another team that's that's more willing to play ball.
2: Matt, have you ever heard of a team doing something like the Panthers did and re- relinquishing the, the rights to a player uh, under the franchise tag? I've never heard of that, and I can't see, aside from them just deciding they don't want him around, which seems kind of crazy. I don't, I don't see any advantage to them doing that.
1: Yeah, I, 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 again, that's why it just seems uh, so odd that there's got to be something going on there that we don't know about. That will probably come out in the next few days. Uh, but uh, no, I've never seen that before. Not, not. I mean, that's why the the franchise uh, tag exists. It's very team friendly. That's why you know, agents and, and players hate it so much. Uh, and and all of a sudden, he's being re- released from that. The, the thing that uh, gives the teams the uh, the power, the upper hand in these relationships, um, you know, unless the GM uh, Gettleman is, you know, just really uh, forward thinking and, and thinking out of the box and, and trying to do things that really make him into a, a player's GM, um, you know, it, I have to believe that there's something oddball going on with, with Josh Norman and in the in the and uh, the Panthers.
0: Yeah, Matt, I heard you on the, uh, the Krug show. You said that if you had to make a prediction for the upcoming draft, you, you'd sort of compare it to the 2011 draft where they, they went defense in the first round and maybe go quarterback in the second round. So, I mean, if you, if you had to to make a prediction for both of those picks, who do you think the 49ers are, are sort of eyeing there with that seventh pick and then, you know, maybe trading up later uh, or late in the first round or, or sticking with that second round pick and going with the quarterback?
1: Uh, I'm I'm labeling this the the Jack and Cook uh, draft. Uh, kick back a couple of glasses <laughs> of Jack and Cook because uh, I like that. you know I think uh, Miles Jack would be somebody that they would love to have. I mean, you sort of recapture that Willis Bowman type of effect that uh, was so uh, prominent and, and so promising for this team for so many years um, with the the UCLA linebacker, and then um, you know Connor Cook. And, and like I said earlier. Uh, I don't know if that's in the second round or uh, if the 49ers feel like they might have to uh, trade back into the first round. I, I think it would probably be the the latter, just given given the demand we've seen, uh, you know, two weeks out from the draft uh, for quarterbacks. Um, I would have to believe that that has a uh, a trickle down effect on on Paxton Lynch and Connor Cook and, and Dak Prescott as well, and that the 49ers just can't sit tight. At um, at pick number thirty-seven, they're picking the second round. That they'd have to do some maneuvering to go up and get him. But um, you know, and, and like I said, um, that's um, you know that's similar to two thousand and eleven, where it was uh, a linebacker, Alden Smith, who they took at uh, at pick number seven, and um, then they traded up a little bit. They were still in the second round when they took Colin Kaepernick. So uh, that was uh, that was Trent Baalke's high water mark as far as being a GM. He won. The Executive of the Year award after uh, that year, and that was you know in, in part because he landed Jim Harbaugh, in part because he did a really good job in free agency, and uh, in part because he he seemed to at that stage hit it out of the park with the uh, with the draft. So that's obviously a uh, a good memory for for Trent Baalke, and um, that's that's his comfort zone, I think, drafting a lot of defense and then not not taking a huge risk on a quarterback.
2: So you mentioned how it's it's sort of pushed up the value of some of the other quarterbacks. And if you're the Broncos, you can't sit there at 31 necessarily and think, hey, one of these quarterbacks is going to fall to me now. So they probably have to be on the move to guarantee they get a guy if that's what they're looking for. But if you're the Broncos, does this help Caps trade value as well? So they know they have to give up a pick anyways, plus a first rounder to solidify that position. Why not get a veteran for cheaper and still be able to draft a different player in the first round?
1: Yeah, that, that may be what they do. Um, you know, Hoyer is, is coming in to visit them, the Broncos. Um, but, uh, you know, again, I mean, uh, you, you, all of a sudden you've got a, a Super Bowl team that's now led by a triumvirate of, of Hoyer, Sanchez, and, and Simeon. Um, <laughs> you know, that, that, the, the chickens could come home to roost uh, very quickly for Denver uh, if you don't have, uh, you know, a, a starter caliber quarterback on that roster. And and I and I don't think that they would believe that that Paxton Lynch is, is going to be, um, you know, a day one starter, or even maybe a a, a week uh, ten starter. He, he probably needs a a full year of uh, you know l- learning how to play in a in a pro style offense. But you know it's just a it's just a weak quarterback core right now for Denver, and and that's what that's the only leverage that uh, Kaepernick and the Forty ers have at this point. Uh, Denver just doesn't have a lot of bodies at that position,
2: right? And it sounds like the I, and I, I kind of respect and, and like the way John Elway's gone about this because he's kind of stuck to his guns. But he might have um, he might have have sort of sold his his position a little bit short when it comes to finding a starting quarterback in the NFL because that is not an easy proposition.
1: No, it's not. And, uh, you know, I think, um, you know, th- there were a lot of things that went into why he's taken such a strong stance. Uh, primarily uh, that, you know, Kaepernick asked for trade. He, didn't, he doesn't think that he wants to be there. He doesn't think that the, the 49ers want him. He's probably, he's probably right. Um, and the other part, uh, you know, the other thing that probably leads him to such a, a tough stance is that he realizes, you know what, I don't have to do anything dramatic right now. You know, so what if, if the uh, if the draft comes and goes? So what if they, you know, get into their, their May OTAs? Um, you know, I, I think, you know, at some point it becomes more imperative if you are going to pull the trigger on this draft that uh, you, you get uh, on this uh, trade, uh, rather, that you get Kaepernick in there. But, you know, he can't throw yet. So it's not like uh, if he were on the team, he'd be doing a whole lot right now anyway. So... Um, yeah, right now time is on John Elway's side. At some point it won't be, but um, he doesn't have to rush it.
0: So back to the draft really quick, Matt. I know the 49ers have uh, worked out a lot of wide receivers, and obviously uh, they, they don't really have, they have Torrey Smith, uh, Bolden still unsigned. Do you, is there anyone that you like coming out of the draft this year that sort of fits the Chip Kelly offense that, uh, that you think the 49ers should eye?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, Laquan Treadwell is the uh, most prominent uh, of that group. He's probably the best wide receiver in the draft. Um, The 49ers not only uh, worked him out at Ole Miss, they brought him in for a a pre-draft visit. Um, You know, you talk about uh, complimenting uh, Torrey Smith. I think Treadwell would be really good in that regard. Um, The caveat is that Trent Baalke doesn't like to take receivers early. Uh, he's been very scared of that position ever since 2012, and for good reason. Right. <laughs> uh, so, um, you know, Treadwell is probably going to go in the middle of the first round. Um, you know, there are scenarios where the 49ers are sitting at 7, and, and maybe there's an offensive tackle that other teams want, and maybe they trade back, maybe it's with Tennessee, back into the first round and, um, you know, would be in position to take a guy like Treadwell. Um, my sense is that even in that ideal scenario, they still don't take him they 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 probably take a defensive player at that point because of what i said uh, I, I think uh Balky has just determined that listen it's such a crap shoot at that position. I'm better off uh you know taking a guy in the fourth round or later uh there, there's just as good a chance that he's going to be uh, a solid receiver as uh there is if I take him in the first so. Um, is that is that the right way to think? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I personally don't think so, but I, I'm just saying that's how I think Balky thinks when it comes to that position.
2: Hey, Matt, I do want to ask you about uh, the Muhammad Wilkerson trade rumors. You were one of the first writers on that scene, and uh, do you have any kind of inside information there that you can give us on, on if you think that's a legitimate prospect, or is that just something that's kind of floated out there because it, it makes sense from a from a – personnel standpoint and from a position that the Jets would would like to move him and be able to use him as a a way to get up?
1: Yeah, there's really no rumor. I mean, I guess I'm the one who started the rumor. All all (laughs) I'm talking about is a a hypothetical, but it it just makes so much sense to me. Um, Here you have a Jets team that doesn't have any salary cap space. They can't sign Wilkerson long term. Um, They have a lot of defensive help. Um, you know, this is a team that's uh, that's got a lot of good uh, defensive linemen. I mean, they just uh, drafted one in, in the first round last year. So, um, you know, they're sellers when it comes to that, and the 49ers should be buyers. They don't have a lot of depth at defensive line. They do have a lot of salary cap space. Uh, Muhammad Wilkerson is 26 years old. He's great in the community. Um, he's uh, just the, uh, you know, the, the size, weight that... Uh, the 49ers could use uh, at that position. It it makes sense from so many different ways, um but of course it it won't happen. Um you know, I I think in order to trade for him certainly during the draft if they were to do a deal with the Jets, um, you know, maybe the Jets wanted to trade up and get Paxton Lynch jump in front of the uh of the Browns there. Um you know, I I think that the Jets or, or rather Wilkerson and the 49ers would have to have um, you know, a, a contract in place, or at least um, a sense that they were close to some sort of extension, because you don't want to trade for a guy who's you know on on the franchise tag, and um, you don't you don't know if you're going to have him beyond the 2016 season. So uh, that process, uh, as of a, a few days ago, certainly hadn't begun. Um, it's it's not impossible that uh, it could happen in in the coming days, but. Um, you know, the closer we get to the draft, uh, it, it becomes more and more unlikely that that happens. But again, um, it, it just—you uh, know—I I really think that he would be perfect for the Forty ers for sort of rebuilding that defense. And and you could get him plus the Jets' twentieth pick plus maybe a couple of extra picks, and uh, all of a sudden you're you're adding talent to a uh, a defense.
0: That um, really has taken a lot of blows the last couple of years. So, Matt, oh, go ahead, Nick. Oh, since we we're talking about rumors, I just wanted to kind of get your opinion on if you think there's any uh, any truth to the the tension between Chip Kelly and, and Trent balky Do you think this is just something, you know, that's kind of just been made up or is it a, a case of if there's smoke, there's fire?
1: No, I mean, uh, I, I, I don't know for for sure. I'm not in the building all the time. Uh, I watched them the other day at the Forty ers local pro day, uh, and that was a day before the uh, the Brian Baldinger uh, line that there was tension between them came out. And I, I just happened to be watching them, and they were um, they were buddy buddy. I mean, they were kind of chit chatting together beforehand, and then they uh, went out and they watched the uh, quarterbacks and wide receivers side by side and. Um, I I remember thinking to myself, uh, those those guys are getting along great. And, um, you know, I I think that's the case. Um, Chip Kelly has been very careful uh, to give um, Trent Baalke and the personnel staff um, full sway in the run-up to the draft. I mean, he hasn't gone anywhere. Uh, Even Jim Harbaugh, who, who admittedly, uh... self admittedly said you know he wasn't uh... you know a draft expert would go to some of these uh... pro days across the country uh... TCU and, and various other ones that he went to chip kelly hasn't gone anywhere i mean he's he's gone to the local ones uh... but he has not gotten onto into a plane and and done any sort of evaluation and scouting he's leaving it all to Balky and his staff which makes for a good marriage uh... i would i would think so uh, my sense, my strong sense, is that uh, there's nothing to it; that they're getting along just fine. Um, yeah, the the one tiny little asterisk I would add is that if there were some sort of tension, uh, nine times out of ten between a coach and a, and a GM, it's about the quarterback position. Um, and I don't know whether it's over; it would be over Kaepernick. It would be over whether the Forty ers should draft a quarterback over the quarterback that Trent Baalke likes in the draft versus the quarterback that um, Chip Kelly likes in the draft. But, but again, um, you know the, these two guys re- are going to rely on each other. I mean, they're so dependent on one another for their success, for their future success, that uh, I, I really can't see them jeopardizing that by um, going after each other, especially this early in that marriage.
2: Hey, Matt, I got one more question for you. You kind of skated around this last time we had you on the show, but Uh-oh. who is Matt Barrow's 2016 draft crush?
1: Oh, I haven't revealed that yet. I, I, I've narrowed it down to two individuals, and I was going to go over the, the very final stuff, you know, the, uh, the the final watching of the tape this weekend and, and have it ready perhaps on Monday. So you may have to wait along with everybody else until Monday.
2: All right. I, I guess I can wait a few more days.
1: I know. You you guys have been asking for a while. but
2: uh, <laughs> it's, the, it's the most important part of the entire offseason for me.
1: <laughs> now watch the 49ers trade Colin Kaepernick on Monday just to preempt right. <laughs> my big draft crush uh, reveal uh, television show.
2: Yeah, kind of like how the, the Rams waited until Kobe's a big send-off night to reveal the, the trade the next day.
1: That's right, that's right. Maybe um, maybe uh, Balky and uh, John Elway will say, okay, let's get the deal done, but we won't reveal it t- until Tuesday <laughs> because Matt's got his draft crush going on Monday. This is
0: Matt's
2: day.
1: That's right. <laughs> He's the beat writer for the 49ers for
0: the Sacramento Bee. Follow him on Twitter, at Matt Barrows. Matt, thank you so much for joining us.
1: All right, anytime, guys.
0: I love, I love the Jack and Cook draft. Jack and Cook. So That's fantastic. That's two votes for Cook yeah. in the second round. Yeah, no doubt. And we okay. really should have gotten Fucila's uh, first round draft pick. Or did did yeah, we? He did said we get Buckner. That? Yeah. Oh, you're right. So he's okay. Buckner Cook. And we've got Barrows down for Jack
2: Cook. Uh-huh. And this would actually be a great time. Let me, Jeff Dini from Pro Football Focus, the 49ers correspondent there, uh, he gave me his three round prediction. This was before the golf trade happened. And he was definitely team golf, uh, but he thought that they would go early. Right. So he pretty much threw the quarterbacks out with his predictions. And I know the guys at PFF, if you haven't looked at the PFF draft guide, by the way, it is thick and it's awesome. So much information there. Um, I guess I could let this out too. Uh, I don't know if I talked to you about this, Nick, but I'm going to start working as an analyst for Pro Football Focus here in the fall.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. What are you
2: going to be doing? Yeah, uh, just grading games and, um, yeah, breaking down a ton of film. So it should be fun. I'm really interested in and how this is going to go. I'm excited about it. I've done some practice games and I I
0: did those well enough that they uh they want to bring me on. Oh, that's fantastic. You know, off the air there, you you and Matt Barrows really got deep on the draft and that was to me just just unbelievable. I love I love hearing you two uh talk about it. I felt like a fly on the wall. And I was <laughs> just sitting there like, "Oh man, these guys know so much about the draft." You know, I I make no no uh I don't I don't pretend to be a college guy, so so when the draft comes around, man, I just I soak up everything I can hear, and, and you and Matt, whoo, that was fun. That was really fun fun to listen to.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I geek out on the draft. I spend way too much time thinking about it and, and doing my own homework on it, So, uh, but it's a lot of fun, and a lot of the stuff we talked about there um, off the air is stuff I'm going to talk about here at the end of the show and, and break down my own mock draft and, and how I see things happening, but uh, Jeff Dini, he actually has another vote for Buckner in the first oh. round at pick seven. All right, um, and he has a guy I really like in the second round, and that's Sterling Shepard.
0: He's a wide receiver out of Oklahoma. Cat. That's right. You mentioned that uh, that last time when right. we went over your uh, your top seven uh, draft picks, and then you kind of just went into uh, to deep. You had uh, what Josh Dachson, Braxton Miller, and Sterling Shepard. There's your uh, your kind of three yeah. wide receivers that you really liked. Some day two guys I, I really
1: like. Yeah. So
2: I would love that pick. He's uh, 5'10", he's fast, though, and he's he's probably more of a slot guy, but he plays bigger than his size, so he could play some outside as well, but really a dynamic player, and he, he, he checks all the boxes except for size. He was super productive, really athletic, just a, a, a good football player, so I'd be totally down with that at 37. There's a chance he's even there in the third round, which would be really awesome.
0: I mean, you mentioned he doesn't uh, check the box in size. What what are we talking about here? Is he five eight? I mean, is he no, at he's least
2: five ten and a half? Okay. I believe is where he's at. Let me double check his his okay. official combine weigh in.
0: And I yeah yeah, get the legitimate one. Don't go to like his college page.
2: No 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 yeah. Don't he's go to his high school roster. I remember um, Michael Crabtree was the biggest one. He was six four in college, and and really when guys play in college, they look a six two player looks really big in college. Right. You get in the NFL, and all of a sudden you're like, God, that 6'2 doesn't look as big anymore. <laughs> and, and Michael Crabtree was listed at 6'4, and you're like, okay, 6'4, this guy's a big, a big target. And then I think he was maybe one and 7'8 at the combine. And, and wow. Yeah, I mean, you, know, you, know, you see him. He's not an imposing no
0: figure on the football field. He's got good size but not great size, right? But I do remember, yeah, Texas Tech, he, he definitely uh, he, he reigned over people. Yeah, he was such a beast.
2: Uh, let's see. So uh, Sterling he's 5'10 and a quarter.
0: Okay. 194. Yeah, yeah, I so see right. He's he's definitely not, you know, on the taller scale, but Right. I he's mean, not if, if the guy's fast and he runs great routes, that that's really what's most important. Right. 448 speed, uh, short area quickness off the charts, 41 inch vertical. So
2: well, Love all those. Yeah, you're talking about a 5'10 dude that can throw down some nasty dunks on the basketball court. Right. So he he plays up and he's a strong guy. He actually looks bigger than 194 to me when you see him play. So yeah, he's a grown man and uh really good football player. So I would have no problem with that in the second round. And he gave us a third round pick, which is Nick Martin. Uh, he's the oh. center from Notre Dame. Okay. Really good player. Athletic, probably an awesome fit for Chip Kelly style of zone. Um, and I think that's actually what Chip Kelly probably wants on this roster. I think athleticism is going to be a focus in this draft. Mm-hmm. And I think you're gonna see if they do draft offensive linemen, they probably have to be athletic enough to do the, the zone blocking stuff that they're gonna be asked to do. Um and for from- well, that and just the, the number of plays. You know, the yeah, up, they have to be able to tempo. To, yeah, right. they tempo offense. Right, exactly. The type of player that can run a, a high tempo offense like that.
0: Well and defense. I mean, you gotta be able to uh you know, because if the offense is only out there for a short period of time, defense is getting right back on the field. Yes. So yeah, I, I get it. I definitely get Chip Kelly's philosophy, or at least Balky's philosophy with the Chip Kelly offense, exactly, and uh, also Nick Martin—an added
2: bonus with him. He's Zach Martin's brother, Zach Martin, the uh, guard who's turning into a star offensive lineman there for the Dallas Cowboys.
0: You're Gotta like that, yeah. yeah. Good,
2: good jeans. So that's the prediction from Jeff Deeney of Okay Pro Football Focus. So that would be a solid draft for me. I have
0: no problem with any of those picks. How about um, this? What are, What are your predictions? I mean, you know, you're you're a draft guy. Yeah. You you can you can hang with these guys. What do you got? Let's get into it. So if I,
2: I I have seven or they don't have a seventh round pick, I have a sixth round mock draft here for the 49ers of how I think it could go. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually have Miles Jack at the top spot. Okay. And it's, I, I hope it's Miles Jack over Buckner. And I like the Forrest Buckner, but I really love Miles Jack. I mean, you're talking about plugging in the Patrick Willis style of middle linebacker, supremely athletic. And he's got a little bit of a knee problem, which I know won't scare off Trent Baalke. Mm-hmm. But it might be the thing that is the tiebreaker between him and another player with a different team. So that's the reason I think he actually will make it to pick seven. It's because gotcha. there's, there's a real, I mean, there's seven. Uh, that's why, and I said it last time, and it really hasn't changed. There's seven, maybe eight, uh, nine if you want to count a running back, Zeke Elliott there. Um, And then he's probably not on the 49ers board there at the seventh pick, but eight or nine blue chip players. Right. And the 49ers are right in that zone to take one of those guys. So they really can't screw that up at at pick seven. I'd be happy with any of those guys.
0: Miles, Jack. So go ahead. Well, you mentioned uh, eight or nine guys and you mentioned uh, Elliot's name there. Uh, When we went over your top seven the other day, you had got or, you know, last week Goff, Bosa, Tunsil, Jack, Ramsey, Buckner and Wentz. Who's the other person that's not on that list?
2: So uh, that would be Ronnie Stanley.
0: He's oh, okay. A, yeah, left tackle
2: from Notre Dame. Gotcha. Uh, he's a he's he's outside of that top seven,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and and to be honest with you, I probably have a little gap after my top five at this point. Um, and Stanley's a little on the one-dimensional side. Uh, he's like you you know uh, Duprikishoff Ferguson, who recently retired from the Jets. Of course, similar style player, very good pass blocking left tackle but not necessarily mean nasty guy that's going to do a bunch in the running game and not kill people right so a little bit on the one dimensional side but that one dimension's very important he can be a starting left tackle probably from day 1 super long arms so i'm sure he's definitely on
0: balky's list so what what are your uh, what are your top picks then so
2: uh, goff was my number 1 mm-hmm. choice for the 49ers just because if you don't have a quarterback you better get right. one he's my top quarterback i like jared goff a lot i hope the Rams take Wentz over Goff. I don't, I don't want to face Goff twice a year.
1: Yeah, um, that could that. be the
2: missing piece that the Rams need. Um, he's not a perfect prospect by any means, but he was my favorite quarterback in this draft. Um, and then two through five are really tight. That You could put them in any order. I love Joey Bosa as an edge player uh, from Ohio State. Equally good against the run and the pass. Pro Football Focus had him rating as the best edge player, both run and pass, for two straight years in college. And, And when you start talking about analytics and small sample sizes, things can change a lot. For somebody to do that and dominate for two straight years, I mean, that says something. Guys, 6'5", 269. And it's pretty much exactly what um, Aaron Lynch's height and weight are right now. So a lot of people want to move him inside, but I think he's fine as an edge rusher, at least now until if – I mean, if he somehow bulks up and can't keep – you know, can't stay quick and can't remain an edge player – you have to move them inside. Right now, i got no problem with them playing uh, on the edge as a 3-4 outside linebacker. And really, if we're going to get into linebackers and 3-4 outside linebackers, it really should be called a 5-2 defense, right? Yeah, no doubt. They're, they're more defensive ends than they are yeah, linebackers. Come on. Um, you got to rush the passer, number one. you got to set the edge in the run game. Bosa's amazing at both. And you know, you got to be athletic enough to stand in the zone occasionally. Right. And he can definitely do that. He's got better combine numbers as far as uh change of direction stuff, better than Lynch, better than Alden Smith was, right? Ooh. I mean, how many times do you see Alden Smith in, in coverage? And you're like, Hey, great coverage by Alden Smith. Really locked that guy down. Right. That's not what he did. He, he, <laughs> go get the quarterback. Right. Yeah. So that's what Bosa is all about. So I like Bosa a lot. Um, Laramie Tunsil, obviously he was being talked about as a Titans number one overall pick. Um, and I like him because he's a great pass blocker, but he gives you more in the run game too. That's why I like him over Stanley. That's why everybody likes him. Uh, and I think he'll probably go three to San Diego. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you have Miles Jack, who we've talked about. Uh, you, you <laughs> hope falls. I hope, I think he's got the best shot of being our guy and he'd be a great fit. So that's, that's why I have him there. Um, just a stud athlete, um, but, but plays big too. Like he will shock people with his hands. He'll take on blockers. He can do that. That's not his game. I mean, he's, you know, speed player, go get, you know, go chase down the ball carrier. Um, but the one thing that really sets him apart, which is one of the crazier things I've seen, is he actually would line up at corner from time to time. And he's, this is, he's wow. 6'1", 245. That's what he weighed in, which is right about what Patrick Willis weighed in at the combine as well. Might be a couple pounds more. You, um, keep, you keep
0: mentioning Willis, man. That, that's my guy. It gets you
2: excited, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's just having that kind of a dynamic player on your defense. But he locked down as a cornerback at UCLA. I think it was 2014, he was out as a corner, manned up on Nelson Aguilar. First-round wide receiver. This is like a sophomore in college, linebacker, out as a corner, covering this guy. Um, The the 49ers were killed in the middle of the field. A guy that can cover like that, that can go run and tackle people, um, and just scratching the surface of his potential. Only question with him is the knee. He had... uh, I believe it was a torn meniscus, which is actually the exact injury I had at about his same age. And um, What was your
0: recovery time like? It was fast. I did
2: zero rehab, which I regret (laughs) now. I did zero rehab. It was like through my 20s, gave me no problems. I didn't play in the NFL, obviously. uh, But I never had any problems. Into my 30s now, though, yeah, uh, into the late 30s, uh, if I go play basketball and play a bunch of games, my knee is a tennis ball. (laughs) but I mean, I'm not worried about him throughout his twenties. And you know, I think he has a little bit better doctor care. He probably does. He probably rehabbed a little bit um, and has people looking after it, which I did not. So, and then Jalen Ramsey is the other guy, Florida state. uh, He could, he could be a pro bowl corner. He could be a pro bowl safety. Actually like him a little bit better as a safety. Um, He himself proclaims himself as a corner who can play safety, Mm -hmm. uh, but stud player, tall, fast, can jump out of the building. He's a ridiculous athlete and a good football player. I think he'll be gone. I have him pegged at number four to the Cowboys. So th- that's my top five guys. Goff is obviously off the list. One of those other right. four players, three defenders and an offensive tackle, would be an ideal person to fall to the 49ers mm-hmm. at pick seven. And if you're talking about six through eight, um, you know, Wentz, it, you know, I would have I wouldn't have traded up for Wentz. I like the talents there. Obviously, there's some potential, but possibly right. fatal flaws. He's just not as quick of a mental processor as Goff, and that's the thing that, that you kind of worry about.
0: Yeah, um, games much faster.
2: Yeah, and Goff is a true junior, 21 years old, and he's had a ton of experience. Wentz is a redshirt senior. He's two years older than Goff and has played half as many games. Wow. You know, So just from development standpoint,
0: Goff is so far ahead as a quarterback. Right. So you mentioned last time, um, you mentioned Josh Doxson, Braxton Miller, Sterling Shepard, Ryan Kelly, Jason Spriggs, William Jackson. it's is, is kind of some, some later round guys, some second round guys. Uh, any, anybody else you want to add to that list? Uh, you know what's, I This makes me feel good because a lot of those players you just
2: named are guys that the further we get look mm-hmm. less and less likely to make it to the second round. And some of these guys were getting mocked in the third round at that time. So uh, obviously personnel, people in the league like these same players and uh, they're definitely moving up the board. Um, So, and and, you know, it obviously depends on what happens in the first round. Of course. Uh, If it's, you know, Bosa, Tunsil, Jack Ramsey, you know, or the six to eight guys, which is, uh, you know, well now it's Buckner and uh, Stanley would be the other two that if if they're on the board, I might, that's when I might start considering a trade down. But if one of the other four guys makes it, I'd be just stoked to make that pick. Um, Josh Doxson's one of my favorite guys in the draft. And he is a ridiculous acrobat. He goes up and gets everything. Just pure hands, plucks it out of the air. He can contort his body. He, he leaps out of the building. He just, he, I don't know where he is. Where, where would you, if you were a wide receiver prospect mm-hmm. a week away from the draft and you went to school at TCU, where would you be
0: right now? Oh, where would I be? At 8
2: p.m. Be- on, on
0: Wednesday night. I well I'd probably be in Austin listening to some live music. Well, he's he's still open. Oh, he's there and he's open right now because
2: he's when he's covered, <laughs> nice. he's always open. That's what I'm trying to say here. Got he it. can just Got jump it. up and pluck the ball in front of anybody. I love it. It's so fun to watch. Um and so he's one of my favorite guys. He will not likely be there in the second round. So that's more of a trade up, maybe trade down scenario if the if the 49ers trade down from 7, he'd be someone I might want to target.
0: Yeah, one of the he was one of the guys you and uh, Barrows were talking a lot about. I, you made the, yes. the comparison. Forty Nine er fans will get this one uh, to Brandon Lloyd.
2: Yeah, he's like a rich man's Brandon Lloyd, or mm. maybe a poor man's AJ Green. He's he's kind of in that. He's in the middle of those two guys. If they had a love child, that's Josh Doxon would pop out.
0: Yeah, last episode you referred to him as a G AJ Green Light. Yeah, so that that's sort of a
2: player. And yeah, he just he's really athletic. He he ran a four or five, but you know that's not blowing your doors off but the other stuff he blew up so his spark number are you f- uh, familiar with spark i don't know what no. it stands for but it's 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 a, a it's a number that that is for uh they take you know you take weight 40 time and all the uh, the other measurements like a broad jump and vertical jump and mm-hmm. the explosion drills and then the cone drills the lateral movement stuff and then it spits you out a, a spark number which is supposed to be a better indicator of your athleticism versus just you know straight 40 time right and uh, he's top of the charts for the wide receivers from the what's combine. A, like what, what's the number? Oh, I don't know. It's, it's like 1.2 or something. I, don't, oh, it doesn't, okay. I, don't, I have no, I, idea, I have no what idea, what the, idea. Yeah, I don't I mean, know what the number the means, spark. but he's just got the best one of the guys okay. at the combine. So that the tells best you what one. kind of, yeah. Of, of all the guys at the combine, he spit out the best spark number. Wow. Um, spit There's well. actually, uh, when I looked at the numbers yesterday, there's actually one guy who's ahead of him, and we're going to talk about him a little bit later, uh, but he was not at the combine. Oh. And so, yeah, a lot of these guys I still like. Um, in my mock draft, though, Jason Spriggs is the one I have selected there. Mm-hmm. Offensive tackle out of Indiana. Um, of those guys I liked before, he's probably the best fit there. Again, like I said, about if the 49ers do like I think and add athleticism, uh, he's the type of player that can come in, maybe play right tackle, maybe play guard, mm-hmm. um, and then eventually move over and uh, take over for Joe Staley. Very similar athletic profile to Joe Staley. Former tight end bulked up to the 300-pound range, uh, ridiculous athlete, one of the best uh, combine 40 times, one of the few offensive linemen that ran under five flat. I mean, he actually blew up the combine. He went crazy. So he, he, he definitely solidified himself as a second-round pick, might sneak into the first round. Um, but there is some, some, some raw ability there he needs to clean up. Not exactly a people mover in the run game yet, although he, mm-hmm. he had some great uh, lift numbers, so it's, it's more about lower body. Strength. You know. right. uh, so there's work to do. That's why he's not a legit first rounder okay, with all those gotcha. great workout numbers. So third round. Uh, a guy I really like and I think is a perfect fit for Chip Kelly's offense is Braxton Miller, former quarterback, current wide receiver from Ohio State. I think Chip Kelly likes to have the bigger slot type wide receiver like he had in Philly with Jordan Matthews. Sure. Um and Braxton Miller's not really big, but he's six one, a little over six one, and I think he fits the mold of a bigger slot receiver, but has that small slot receiver athleticism and he's really raw as a receiver he you know he only caught maybe 30 passes 20 something passes at Ohio State last year they used him in all sorts of different roles they ran some wildcat they had him in the backfield they had him lined up as a receiver raw and he's developing as a receiver but he looks like he has natural hands he's such a good athlete I think he could develop into an awesome player in the slot Mm
1: -hmm. and he's
2: a high character guy they always rave about him I mean, he selflessly, you know, started playing another position when he was quarterback at Ohio State, you know, after he got hurt. So um, really like Braxton Miller, I think third round is the right spot for him. Top of the third round. Sterling Shepard, like Jeff picked in the second round, if he was to fall to the third round, that'd be an awesome pick as well.
0: So, I mean, the Niners have two fourth round picks, three fifth round picks and four sixth round picks. So this is kind of where Balky is going to need to really make his money, right? I mean, these are guys that how many of these guys are actually going to make the team? Yeah, and he's, you
2: know, I'll give bulky credit. He's been pretty good in that fifth-round range at, at finding guys. Mm-hmm. And so that might be why he likes those picks so much. <laughs> because <laughs> his fifth-rounders have been just as good as his second and third-rounders, right? Um, and You've got a lot of, three of them. You're bound to hit on one, right? Yeah, on. exactly. And I have a lot of guys I like, and there's probably going to be some movement. I doubt they draft 12 guys in the spots that they have. Right. Um, he likes to actually move picks to the next year, too. So we'll probably see that. Um uh, but I'll start with some guys. There's some smaller school guys I really like. So Javon Hargrave is a name that not a lot of people know. He's a defensive tackle from South Carolina State. And he's about 6'2", 300 pounds. Uh, he does not not move like a 300-pounder. Really quick defensive tackle. And he's somebody I think that could develop as a as a nose tackle, but he can give you something as a pass rusher. He's not just a 300-pounder that's in there and uh, and holding up a, a double team. He, he's got some movement skills as well. A lot of high upside, and he's he's got sort of a – He's gotten a a lot of helium right now, so I don't even know if he'll be there in the fourth round, whereas a month ago, not a lot of people at all were talking about him. And if they were, he was very into the draft, so he might even move into that second day. Uh, Tyler Irvin, San Jose State. I know me and you have talked about Tyler Irvin. He might be one of the few college football players that you do know a lot about when we were covering local sports here in San Francisco. Um, He was second for all-purpose yardage to Christian McCaffrey.
0: Yeah, season, and he, so. you know, what was he second or third in, in or maybe he's top 10 at least in, in just rushing yards in the nation too.
2: Yes, and he's not a big player. He's a, he's about 5'10, 190 something pounds. But what I love about him is he's a perfect complement to a big running back like Carlos Hyde. And he's got great hands, and if you're if you're looking at someone who's who's that Darren Sproles type of role where they can move him out, he could he can line up as a receiver. Uh, he's he's a lot tougher than his size two as a runner. He he's decisive as a runner, um, and he'll break some arm tackles. But man, when he when he sees that hole, he's got four four flat speed, and and when he sees a crease, he hits it and he goes and he he can he can take off. Also, great. oh yeah, he did that a lot last season. Yeah, too. absolutely. And and that he, he would. And he didn't break down. He, he was no. running the ball. He ran the ball 40 times in one game.
0: Yeah. Like 200 and he, it, it, something yards.
2: It seemed like regularly he was hitting that 30 carry mark. Yeah, it was crazy. So for a small back, he didn't break down, and he carried the load at San Jose State, and they were overmatched in a lot of games, actually, because San Jose State's bad. not that good. Other <laughs> other teams knew who was getting the ball. And uh, right. so that was impressive. So they still couldn't stop it. Yeah, return man as well, took a couple kicks back. So that Darren Sproles type of a role, Tyler Irvin's one of my favorites. Uh, If you're looking for some other running backs, Daniel Lasco from Cal, also local guy. He was hurt a lot last year, but was really good in 2014. um, And he blew up the combine as well. He's somebody to be a good compliment to Carlos Hyde. And another guy is probably later in the draft though, uh, is running back Byron Marshall. Not a lot of people are talking about, but he's got that Oregon connection with Chip Kelly. Mm
3: -hmm. And,
2: um, he, he converted from running back to wide receiver because they had a big-time freshman come in at, at Oregon a couple of years ago. So he made that conversion, but I think he's more of a running back in the NFL, but definitely that hybrid type of a player can return some kicks. Obviously, Chip's familiar with him, recruited him at Oregon. So Byron Marshall's definitely a name to uh, look out for late in the draft. Okay. All right. So, there's I mean, that we're... We still you, have a million picks here. I have names for all the way down
0: through the sixth round. If you want to hear some more names of guys I like, well, I mean, you know, may, maybe. So, do you have any picks that people would know? You know, like I know uh, it was mentioned earlier the, the Vernon Adams that you know, like the Forty Nine er fans have have started to hear a little bit about this guy. You know, when obviously when he he tore up the Senior Bowl or or whichever uh, college All Star game that was, um, and, and you know, obviously he he would know Chip Kelly's offense coming into the NFL. So it, guys like that, you think they would fit the system well? Absolutely, Vernon Adams is a name. And it, to be honest with you, I
2: I don't even I wouldn't guarantee you that Vernon Adams gets drafted. Period. He would definitely mm-hmm. be a priority free agent, and I think that chip connection would be great to bring him to the 49ers. But I I I, I when the sixth round comes around, I think Vernon Adams is definitely still going to be around. Um, well, the Niners would, don't have a seventh
0: round pick. They right? don't have
2: one. No, they have four sixths. So they have and the three of them are at the very end of that sixth round. So I can see the Niners snatching him up there, um, or bringing him in as a free agent. But yeah, Vernon Adams is great. Pick. And some people really like him, but just he, th- those type of players don't get enough credit with NFL personnel guys. And, and Right. He's, he's they don't not, check all those
0: boxes. Right.
2: He's not just short. He's also pretty skinny. Um, and
0: he's athletic, but he didn't run a great 40-time, you know, four seven something. I watched so, that kid play, though, dude, like you said, doing sports. And he just – he reminded me of Russell Wilson. He reminded me of a guy that just – it didn't matter that he was smaller than everyone else. He just got it done. Yeah, and Oregon was so much
2: better when he was in there. Yeah. So Vernon Adams is a, is a, is a player like another player who's athletic, um, maybe a little bit undersized is Trevon Boykin, who was Josh Doxson's quarterback at TCU. He's getting nobody is talking about Trevon Boykin. It surprised me. He's got a better arm than, than Adams, I think. He's got a pretty good arm, not the best accuracy, but he's about six feet. He's a little bit bigger, a little built better, a really good runner of the football too. He's another guy to look out for late that would probably fit and be a, a player just to, to develop in that that system, could, could run the ball a little bit as well. All right. Uh, another quarterback, uh, we're talking late quarterbacks, Brandon Doty from Western Kentucky. He's not an athletic quarterback. Um he's six five, I think, two hundred and twenty five pounds, um, not five two forty, right? He's not gonna run the ball much at all, but he had some of the best accuracy grades at pro football focus. They slung they sling the heck out of the ball at uh, Western Kentucky, up tempo style. And so he, he gaudy numbers and uh really accurate really good quarterback really smart not a great arm he's not going to go high in the draft but another player that i think would be someone you could develop as a, as a backup quarterback for sure all
3: right, um, all right
2: some other names here just just to just to throw some names out of guys i like um, get on the record on that third day right yeah just for uh, <laughs> yeah just just to let you know that i i said their name uh, right. Kiaris garrett from tulsa wide receiver he's a tall if the, four, if the 49ers don't draft a tall receiver early he's somebody that is definitely a day 3 wide receiver i like has some potential Four five speed. He's about six three six four, um, and he can do some things with. I uh, mean, he, he can get deep. He can uh, a lot of slants, a lot of slants, a lot of nine routes, and a lot of uh, hooks. For some reason, every college program now they go up tempo, and, and the receivers run the same three routes. It's kind of frustrating to watch sometimes because you don't get to see the quarterbacks throw NFL passes. You don't get to see right. the receivers run NFL routes, and you don't get to see the corners cover receivers running NFL routes. Right. So it's it's just the, this. Sometimes you have to to make a leap with some of these guys, and um, we talked with Barrows also about Michael Thomas from Ohio State, Braxton mm-hmm. Miller's teammate. Uh right. he's more of the bigger mold wide receiver, outside type of wide receiver. He's somebody to look at in the second or third round. Uh, there's another Mike Thomas in the draft actually. So there's two Michael Thomases. This one's from Southern Miss, a guy I really like on the third day. Got a lot of speed. Um, someone to look out for. Jarrell Adams. This is see now we're getting into bulky territory here. I'm trying to put my bulky hat on. Jarrell Adams is a tight end out of South Carolina. Super long arms. So he's got the South Carolina thing. Bucky loves his South Carolina players. He does. And he's got super long arms. And the tight end class is terrible this year. So Drill Adams, go. if anybody's maybe a lane, uh, name to look out for there on the third day. Devin Kajust, wide receiver from Stanford. Sure, I know he's, that name. Yeah, he's got size. Um thinking maybe a, a, a tight end, like maybe a converted tight end at the next level. Um, six, three and a half. 230-something pounds, so I think you pack on another 10 pounds there, 15 pounds, maybe have something because I don't think he's quite there athletically as a receiver. Even though he he does put up pretty good combine numbers, it just doesn't look that way on the field. So right. if he's tough enough and he can handle that conversion, kind of like Devin Kajust as a tight end. All right. And this is a shout-out to Stony Brook. Yes, Danny Kleppinger For our girl, Danny Kleppinger The the Rams reporter that comes on with us on the show sometimes Victor Ochi Top 10 uh, all-time (laughs) three-point shooter there Yes, that's that's (laughs) great knowledge Of Victor Ochi, outside linebacker A pass rusher from Stony Brook And he can get after the quarterback Uh, Joe Thune, offensive lineman He played left tackle at NC State He's probably going to be a guard or a center in the pros Max Twerk, might have been a really high draft pick He got hurt at USC, he's a center Great fit for Chip Kelly's system. And the last guy I have here on my list that I want to talk about, and uh, we talked about spark scores. So I think uh, I think Josh Doxson was number one with wide receivers with a spark score of like 1.2, 1.4 or something like that. Right. Uh, it doesn't really mean anything to me, that number. Except no. for when you realize that this guy, when you put his pro day workout in there, he almost doubled Josh Doxson's score. And Josh almost Doxson was Almost doubled the number the one top. score. right. right. We're talking about Steph Curry levels of adding right. to your own record of three-pointers, right? <laughs> and so his name is Moritz Boringer. He's a wide receiver out of Germany. Have you, have you heard his I, name I, talked I about yet? my new
0: favorite name yeah. in
2: the draft, for sure. Moritz Boringer. He played for a team called the Something or Other Unicorns in a German football league, <laughs> which I didn't know existed until last week. Where uh, can I find a Something or Other Unicorns hat? <laughs> right, exactly. <Or> <laughs> and... But and I watched some of his games, and you right away you can tell the guy's a freak. I mean, he runs a four four. He's 6'4", 227 pounds, and it he it's ridiculous. He's he's it looks like he's an NFL player playing against high school kids. And he's just uh-huh. running by everybody, catching the ball over the top of everybody. But he looks like he has natural hands, and he's not going to be an early draft pick. I mean, he's raw as rain. I mean, he he played in the German football league, right? Sure, but probably not a whole lot of coverage there. But athletically. He's, he's a freak, and he's going to be on the radar of some NFL teams, so that'll Say be Say his name again? Moritz Bowringer. I love it. Yeah. yeah.
0: He goes by Mo. On the something or other unicorns.
2: Yeah, you can go, uh, actually Daniel Jeremiah does a good segment, and they had him in and interviewed him, because he made so many waves at his pro day workout, and he's definitely on the radar if you go over to NFL.com and uh, Path of the Draft, or whatever that show is that they have over there, Move the Sticks, you can find them, do an interview with him. It seems like a a uh, cool guy. So, interesting story to follow there. Moritz Bowringer. Who knows if he'll it'll translate and he'll become a player, but uh
0: Before we get out of here, do we get any uh any mail or anything?
2: Oh, yes. Thank you for reminding me. We we do have
0: I honestly didn't know. We have we got a <laughs> phone call. Yeah. We got
2: a phone call from one of our uh devoted listeners known as Big Dog. This is Big what Big Dog's yeah, this, is, uh, this is what he had to say.
3: Uh, can I get a, a, what's up, big dog? <laughs> That's right. Today marks the return of your gold super superfan, big dog. Big things are happening as the trajectory of the NFL draft, the Rams and Eagles are expected to each take highly touted QB prospects, Jared Goff and or Carson Wentz. My question for the Winky P and the gold faithful fan base is whether we buy into the QB hype in this year's draft class, looking to make a move later in the first round for a QB like Paxton Lynch Connor Cook or Jax Prescott or should we hold idle looking to next year's QB prospects like Clemson's Deshaun Watson or Miami's Brad Kaya In the words of the current WWE champion Roman Reigns I'm not a good man I'm not a bad man I'm the man and that's the bottom line what's up Gold Fickle fan base <laughs> <What?
0: laughs> do you refer to us as Winky Pete <laughs> Winky P, I I believe <laughs>
2: I hope that sticks. Thank you, Big Dog, for bringing the energy uh, to that phone call. That was great. By the way, if you ever want to uh, drop us a text message or give us a phone message, the phone number is 415-858-0094. And, uh, yeah, that was fun. So his question was about the quarterback. Ah, It's hard to say, man. Um, Yeah. I think if you start talking about Deshaun Watson and guys next year, there's just no way to tell. I mean, they – Last year at this time, people were talking about Christian Hackenberg being the number one pick in this draft, and, and now wow. no, nobody likes him, right? So right. you just never know. Deshaun Watson has a ways to go as a passer, and, and we'll see how he develops this year. But it, it's not time to start looking ahead and saying, you know, we're going to draft a quarterback next year because you just have no idea.
3: Well, and they have
2: to draft a
0: quarterback this year. I mean, it, it's just a must. It's
2: well, just they, a, a matter of when. Right. They need to, They need to bring in bodies. And right. I'm not a huge fan of Paxton Lynch. I think a second round grade is about right for him. He's definitely going to go in the first round. Connor Cook might even sneak into the first round, and I'd rather take him in the third, right? So, right. That's. The, I mean, these guys are going to get artificially pushed up because they're quarterbacks, and now with the craziness of the, the the trades we've seen this week, they might be pushed up even more. You might see all four quarterbacks go in the first round. Well, yeah,
0: because you know Cleveland and Dallas are both looking for quarterbacks as well.
2: Right. And then, obviously, Denver's got their situation in the Niners right. ers and, and you never know what other teams, you know, are ready to develop a quarterback behind the guy they have in place.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, the Jets aren't completely satisfied with their situation. Yeah, there's a lot going Absolutely. on. Absolutely. The Cardinals, they have... Yeah, yeah. Carson Palmer's not getting any younger. No, not at all. So uh, I wouldn't
2: put it past a lot of teams to draft quarterbacks. So, so it'll be really interesting to see how that plays out. For me, at this point, Goff was the guy for me to say... I'm confident he's going to be a good NFL starting quarterback. Yeah. And after that, I don't know if I'm ready to put all my chips in on any of the other guys. So at this point, it's like, okay, let's see what Gabbard has. Let's see what cap has. If he's still there Mm -hmm. when the season rolls around, see, see what chip can do with these guys. And we'll attack it again later. We'll draft a couple guys late. Maybe have some competition there. See if uh, you have any gems and see if you can develop somebody as a, as a backup. But at this point, kind of kind of roll with what you got. We're not going to have anybody I, – I doubt the 49ers are going to have a quarterback that they draft that is going to be a starting quarterback in 2016. I and can I, see I, that, yeah. You know what I mean? So at that point, your next year, you're going to be looking at it again.
0: Uh, yeah, such is the case. Hopefully uh, my guy Blaine Gabbert continues his, uh, his progression because he definitely took a step forward last year, and I like to see that. I mean, again – I hope that Kaepernick stays on the team. I hope that that he's there, you know, under center week one. Um, but it, it, it's just such a coin flip at this point with that.
2: There's also, <laughs> did you see the the the? I, I just ran across this again. The um, the quote from Trent Baalke today about how he's not going to shy away from taking injured players. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's I his was, thing though. I was surprised to see that because <laughs> it's like, well, first of all, don't tell people that you're still going to draft injured guys. And on top of that, yeah. why would you learn from your mistakes? That's insane, yeah. right? Why would you do that? <laughs> no, it literally has, just it the same has thing not worked over. out one time, not one just, of his guys. And maybe right. he took the wrong guys, but I, I should mention Jalen Smith, who's stud linebacker, unfortunately, uh, towards MCL and ACL right. in his last game uh, in December, mate, was it January? It was I think it might have been the, January. Yeah, late in the season there, and uh, that was unfortunate. I think it was against Ohio State. And so he's probably not going to play at all in 2016. And it looks like a severe injury. He's someone that could fall a la... Um, a, Latimer? Yeah, Latimer. Just, like, just like Latimer did. And maybe you're looking at a guy who's there in the fourth round. And then at that point, you know, maybe if you didn't get a linebacker yet, maybe it is, is somebody that you jump on. but um, yeah, Especially when you have two fourth-round picks. But, man, you you got to start getting some production out of these players right. that you're taking that are hurt. you know. And I think I have a feeling Trent balky, doesn't think he drafted a 5-11 and roster. I think he thinks it's a much better roster than that. Underperforming. And think, yeah, and I think he thinks that a better coaching staff, which he believes is in place, will get a lot more out of the players
0: that he has taken in the past. And there'll be and a lot it, more development happening. And, you know, to, to be fair, Carlos Hyde was hurt for most of last year, and he looked like a legitimate lead back. So, for to his credit, maybe, you know, you do lose your starting running back, and... Yeah, that that definitely affects your entire offense. They wanted to run the ball. They wanted him to be the workhorse, and, and he well, he wasn't able to do that. So it kind of just made them go back to the drawing board, and, and maybe Kaepernick had to throw a lot more, and that's why he looked so bad. And, and and you know, it just it just goes on and on with the you know. Obviously, you can't make excuses. Every team suffers through injuries and things like that. But you know, there there's a lot of talent on this team. And, you know, they obviously have a lot of room to grow as well. And oh man, a, a week from today or a week from tomorrow. Uh, we're, we're going to know a whole lot more uh, about this football team as the draft gets started, and I, I can't wait.
2: Oh, yeah, it's going to be so fun. And I, I think Trent Balky probably believes this.
3: So I think we're going to win, and I think we're going to win maybe substantially, but let's just see what happens.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Did you see the Rex Ryan thing? That Rex no. Ryan introduced Trump at his rally in New York? No, he did. Yeah, he did. Oh, man, it's funny. And I think Trump said that – um that rex was like a super bowl winning head coach which he is not <laughs> Ow, when he introduced him <laughs> so yeah it was funny good stuff we'll That's talk again uh, after the draft yes we will thank you to matt barrows thanks to david facillo thanks to all the uh, listeners who chimed in thanks to big dog with the with the huge voicemail thanks to jeff Deaney, who hit us up via email with his predictions and uh you can also follow us bay area wink at BDPcock. Follow us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, subscribe, review the show. We haven't had a lot of reviews since the very beginning of the show. People just stopped reviewing for some reason. But uh, right. reviews are always great. You can hit us via email, goldfaithful49 at gmail.com. Also, we have that phone message and text line, 415-858-0094. Don't forget the Instagram. Oh, yeah, and Instagram. Gold Faithful Podcast. At Gold Faithful Podcast. So uh, there's a multitude of ways to get a hold of us. And uh, as always, thank you for listening. Draft week—it's gonna be fun, man—and we'll be back uh, after the draft, first week of May, probably, with another show to wrap it all up. And uh, good luck, draft. It's always so fun. It's Christmas, man, and everyone's everyone's amazing too. After you draft, oh,
3: this guy's gonna
0: be so good. Oh yeah, <laughs> the future's here.
2: Yeah, I love it. All right, man. We will talk See to you yeah. next time.